0: Welcome 30 seconds of your best praise. God, we love you. We invite you to come speak to us. We need you. we got to have your help. We put our hope in you. Faithful God, we need you. And we declare your best today over our lives in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Good morning. Everybody good? Hey, can we welcome those online, particularly the man of Lansing, Correctional. We love you guys. In fact, we're going to stay standing for just a moment. Uh, I'm all about awkward. It's the way I live my life. So we're going to do a few things standing for a moment. Uh, we have these 40 days, 40 ways cards. Every one of these has three. Some of them have multiple uh, fill in the blanks. They went, they went crazy on. They filled up every little spot for people that are believing to know Jesus. Come on, going have you know that's the closest thing to the heartbeat of God is lost sons and daughters returning home. But these are our friends. These are our family members. These are our co-workers. We're going to pray over these. And if you haven't turned yours in, please do. We're praying over them every day as a church and then uh, as a staff, as a team. Uh, but I think even more exciting than that, and I'm very excited about that, is these Connect cards are from the men of Lansing Correctional. What they're believing for, their friends, their families, their fellow inmates, they want to know Jesus. What they're believing, why they're not there, their family would move forward. And Come on, have me know we could pray over those. Would you join me? Come on, just a, a sign of faith. Can we just stretch our hands towards these cards? Lord, today is the day of salvation. We thank you that grace is made available because of what Jesus has done. And yet you choose to work through us, your people. What a humble and amazing opportunity we have to be used as part of the hand of heaven to the reaching and the saving of lost sons and daughters returning home. Lord, we thank you that now you are at work. You're sending people across the paths of our loved ones, our friends, and our neighbors. You're reaching the lost. You're using us to do it. Lord, help us to be bold witnesses filled with the Holy Spirit, willing to invite, to engage, to encourage, and to share the gospel. For the needs of the men of Lansing Correctional, for their families, we call their families blessed. We call their families moving forward and every bit of deficit they feel because they are not there in person lord would you make up the difference would you take care of their sons and their daughters and their wives and their loved ones and lord would you bring a move of god through lansing reaching the lost, saving people change lives from the inside out lord we thank you for what you're doing as we open up the word today we have hearts ready to hear And we're ready to take action and to put into work, Holy Spirit, what you reveal. And so we pray a revival in us, a revival in our church, a revival in our city, this nation, and the world. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. Stay standing, stay standing. We're doing this Bible year. If you don't know, we're reading through the Bible together as a church. And we're preaching the mass majority of our messages based upon what we're just read or about ready to read. And we're gonna read it together. We also feel this power when we read the, the passages together as a church. Um, Mark chapter two, okay, it's an awkward read. The word wineskin is there multiple times. So would you join me loudly as we read this out? Jesus says, no one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, otherwise the new piece will pull away from the old, making the tear worse. And no one pours out new wine into old wineskins otherwise the wine will burst the skins and both the wine and the wineskins will be ruined no they pour new wine into new wineskins god wants to do something new god wants to do something in your family god wants to do something in your heart god wants to do something in our church but we got to learn how to stretch the capacity for the new it is a stretch season out with the old and in with the new he's stretching us today amen why don't you just do a little stretch right where you are? As you're taking your seats come on get a little shoulder get a hammy stretch in there don't stretch your glutes that's weird it's weird turn to your neighbor says i'm stretching out i'm making room all right you could grab your seats let's thank the worship team and let me give the guys here all these cards which are going from request to answer prayer. There you go, thank you. Come on, production team, never get love. They only get blame when things go wrong. <laughs> awesome. Help, I need to change. That's what we're talking about today. Spiritually, this is a strong message. I think it's practical, but this is a discipleship message, which means it's a direct message. It's a DM. Holy Spirit, slide into your DMs want a rendezvous of change. Help, I need to change. None of us have arrived. Not a single one of us is everything we are called to be. We are in a process. And Jesus is asked by John the Baptist's disciples, how come you all do it different? How come, uh, how come you, you, you behave a little different? Jesus says, hey, I'm about ready to do something new. You can't put the old cloth in the new cloth it tears you you can't pour the new into the old it won't be able to hold it it'll burst i'm about ready to pour something new he's speaking of his life he's speaking of a new covenant He's speaking of a new way to know god to interact with god to follow god i'm about ready to pour something new but you have to have the right way of holding because you cannot do the old thing and get a a new result it is it is stretch stretch season i think i think we need to understand that there's a capacity stretch that needs to take place something in our life and something in our hearts god wants god wants to expand god wants to change we got to be be ready for that so help i need to change and i need to change my notes up here Please forgive it. Can we all just talk amongst yourself for for about 35 seconds? Because I have a no problem. Is that okay? I love that we're streaming this to the whole world right now. I'm gonna take my time. I'm asking, okay, this is not gonna work. Can somebody... Jessica or someone bring me my phone. Is that cool? Here's what happened, my iPad went out and so I switched iPads and they have the wrong notes on my iPad, which somehow is probably still my fault, but I'm gonna blame, I'm gonna blame other people, is that cool? In that time of day, it's an arid environment, there's no refrigeration, Jesus is saying, hey, for the fermentation of wine, for something to go from good to great, for something to reach its potential, you gotta you got put it into something new. They would put the wine skin and actual animal skins inside of a clay jar. How many are grateful for barrels? Like, come on, we don't want the wine skin? Hey, Landon, thank you very much. Everyone's just having a freak out moment, but not me. This has been one of those days. There we go. In the warm climate, it would expand real quickly. They had about a few days to get it into the right container. In about four to six months, that, that, that skin would expand and it would reach a capacity. It would reach its elasticity. It would not ever be able to go back. So once you used it for a new batch, it could never be made new again. And Jesus is telling them, hey, I'm about ready to do something new, that something's going to have greater worth, a greater value, of greater use, that the change that I'm wanting to do cannot be contained in the thing that is old. You cannot put new with old. It will burst and ruin it both. And I wonder what areas of our life we're wanting God to do something new. We're wanting and desiring him to grow our marriage and to grow the raising of our kids and grow our career, to grow our our mission to the world, our ministry to the world around us. But we don't have the capacity because we're still trying to hold the new thing in an old way, in an old system. And if you want the new, you cannot use the old thing to get a new result. You have to stretch. And we're gonna seize the stretch today. I'm gonna give you the ways that we change and why we change. I highly encourage you to take notes today because we're going to go quick. See, we live in an instant culture, we all know that. We at Liz and I, we ordered something from Amazon today and so I feel like they're making promises of delivery dates that they never had any intention of actually keeping. We ordered some things for, for our son's birthday and now we know we have it ready for next year's birthday because it showed up a few days, a few days late. We like instant results and instant gratification. That is the way we're wired as Americans. We have that luxury that a lot of the world does not have. But in the kingdom, it's wired differently. God actually does things with delays and developments because it matures us and it grows us in the change process. We've all heard the advertisers promise, if you just do this, if you take this vitamin, if you do this workout, I mean, before you know it, you're just gonna magically have abs. We know it does not work that way. There is a a process you don't read one book and everything in your life changes. You have to learn to put it into practice. What does liposuction and winning the lottery have in common? Besides that they both sound awesome. I would like to benefit from both of those things. They forfeit the power of process. God works in process. Most people that get liposuction, if they don't change their habits and their diet, it's coming back. It's bringing some friends. How many know 70% of lottery winners go broke? One guy went through 319 million dollars and lost it all. I don't know how you do that, but it sure sounds like fun. He had a good time for a few years. He was there for a good time, not a long time because you've never learned the new way you get a outpouring of something but you don't have the room or capacity to hold it now god does do instant miracles we believe in them we contend for them we desire them we celebrate them but his best work of discipling us of maturing us of growing us have a process that often has a stretch and a struggle that produce lasting change. Jesus is saying, I cannot give you the new thing if you're still gonna try to hold it in the old way. I cannot pour out the new favor if you're gonna fix it to the way that you've held it in times past. The reality is this, we don't like this. Change is slow. It is difficult. But this is a way that we cooperate with God for our development. Thank you so much left you up there way too long. So I have some things that we can work with God in the change process, but I think we need to understand how it starts and how we establish it in our life. It starts with first and foremost, you start to get this feeling of concern. Something just doesn't feel right. This isn't the best. My marriage My marriage doesn't feel quite, mm, like everything's firing on all cylinders. My kids just seem to be a a little bit off. My career seems to be a little bit flat. I, I start to get bothered internally with my actions, my behaviors, and the outcomes of my life. Come on, give it up for the team. This is still not the right one. That's okay. It might be, it's just, I got it here and we're good. Now I got to make up for three minutes of foolishness. (laughs) God, expand my capacity. It starts with concern. Or someone in your life says to you, because you're doing life with others, man, that doesn't seem like your best. That, That doesn't seem like God's best for your life. In Job chapter 30, I mean, Job had some real issues going on in his life. He says, my heart is troubled, but here's the word I like here. He says, and it's it's restless. I just cannot, this doesn't seem to be a satisfaction season in my soul. And God will start with the concern that you have, that something isn't isn't quite right. Our normal response is, you know what? One of these days, I'm gonna deal with that. One of these days, I'm gonna change that thing. Right now, I'm kind of just getting by with the way that I've done things, and and, until it becomes a major issue, I'm just going to let that sit over there because I just don't have the time or attention to actually address that issue. One of these days, I'm going to deal with it, but right now, I'm comfortable with kind of just being a little bit uncomfortable. It's not that big of a deal. And God, what you need to understand, we will often use the small discomforts in our life that is often a, a move of the Holy Spirit that you're not quite in tune with. He's actually trying to bring big change, but he's starting it with a small seed of struggle in your soul or in your yeah. spirit. Deuteronomy chapter 32 says, uh, the, God says, um, God is like this, this eagle that likes to stir up the nest. Mama eagle trying to get her eaglets out, trying to get him a job. Like you need, to go, you need to go swoop down and get your own salmon. Mom is tired. Little eaglet, you need to quit playing video games. It is time to get you out of the nest. So what does she do? That once comfortable home, when all they could do was just squawk and eat, she begins to pull it apart. Little by little. God does the same thing. Little by little. I am not comfortable with status quo anymore. It was okay for a season of my development, but the season has changed, and God wants me to stretch out. So he starts to make life a little uncomfortable. I, I want to I I fly, I want to soar, I want to reach my potential, and God wants that for you. So if you're feeling that right now, congratulations. God is up to work. God is actually desiring. He's made some relationships a little, they used to be comfortable to you, they're a little tricky right now. That the, 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 the talk back you got from someone, it didn't settle right. You used to like to have a little gossip session, but now it's like, oh, that doesn't feel like who I'm supposed to be. That's who I was, that's not who I'm becoming. God cannot pour out the new if I'm still living in the the old. The sad part is most people do not ever get past this part of the process. They're willing just to kind of go through life with unresolved pain and undealt with issues. They would rather sit back and stretch. They're afraid of change, why? Because the discomfort, at least, is predictable. When I start changing and redefining relationships and going after God, what will people say? What do people say that know about my yesterday? When I'm trying to live in this new thing that God is doing, why will they try to pull me back to who I am? I might have to redefine some relationships that are not, they're not necessarily in, intrinsically evil. They're just not expanding my capacity for my, my calling. So many times people will choose stability, the stability of misery instead of the stretch that is required for the significant thing or the destiny that God has for you. And so when we don't deal with the small things, all of a sudden, before you know it, it becomes a crisis. These all start with C, because you're gonna get them in your heart. Crisis happens. How many know that sometimes a crisis is actually a lot of little things that stack up upon themselves? It becomes the straw that breaks the camel's back. All of a sudden, the pain gets so bad, I cannot ignore it anymore. Man, you've had some concerns about your spouse and your marriage, but all of a sudden they turn to you and says, hey, I feel like we have lost that loving feeling. This is not working for me anymore. Suddenly it is so painful that you cannot ignore it. There is a problem that you need solution, a minor issue. How many of know that fight that you had with your spouse wasn't really about where they squeezed the tube of toothpaste? It wasn't really about the fact that they didn't clean up the crumbs that were in the little toaster tray. There was things compounded upon each other, that this feeling, these little struggles become something significant because I haven't dealt with it in time. God will actually, he doesn't want us living in crisis, but God won't waste a crisis. God will actually use the pain seasons to poke at some things that he's wanting to grow and to mature you in, to expand you in. It says in 2 Corinthians 7, God sometimes will even use sorrow in our lives to help us turn away from sin, that word right there, turn away—that's literally repentance. Repentance isn't feeling sorry in a moment; it's actually stepping into a new direction. And sometimes God will actually use sorrowful things and struggle things if we are willing and obedient and humble to actually help us in our capacity. A lot of us, and even in this room, we're foxhole Christians. We came back to Jesus or came alive to Christ because of a crisis. I'm one. Twenty-one years ago as a college sophomore, and all the young people are like, dang, Pastor Kyle, old. And all the people older than me are trying to figure out how old I am. A crisis in the world revealed a crisis in my heart. And I turned to God because of a crisis. I needed to find him and reestablish what do I really believe about Jesus. What, I'm tired of just growing up Christian. I need to become a man of God. And then when we go in that crisis mode, we have this opportunity, and there's two options. The first one is we're just gonna quit. People quit on marriage because the crisis is too much, or we continue in the process. And to continue in the process requires that we actually change. Change is a choice. It requires us to make a new choice. Because this is the turning point where we're going to make up our mind. Am I going to rationalize this away? Or am I actually going to deal with it by making a better decision? Am I going to take responsibility for where I'm really at? Or am I going to blame society? Am I going to blame my family of origin? Am I going to blame my circumstances? Or am I going to make a choice? This is why you cannot be a mirrorless person. If everyone around you says you look great, I'm not talking about your appearance, I'm talking about your attitude. I'm talking about your destiny and your purpose and your following of Jesus. This is why you need to be in a church. You need a church that's gonna believe and build you according to the mission of Jesus that is on your life. This is not it, you need to go and find it, you need to fully commit to it, not for how you feel in the environment of worship, but how it's helping you step into your God-given future. This is why you need to be in a group because you need other believers around you that are headed the same direction of you because a mirrorless person is gonna find a whole lot of peace with their flaws instead of making progress as a disciple of Jesus Christ. You ever taken like a day off of life and just like slept in and like just did your own thing, went about your day and all of a sudden you walk across a mirror and you're like, oh gosh, I need a shower, I need a shave, I might need some surgery because like I haven't looked at how I look yet. The same way as believers, if we never have a person as a mirror, we're never gonna make any progress in our life. And they do not tell you what you want to hear by gracefully and encouraging, they tell you what you need to hear. One of the greatest gifts God has ever given us is the ability to make a decision and to choose for ourselves. Again, from the book of Job, chapter 34, we can choose the sounds that we wanna listen to. In other words, what are you receiving? We can choose the taste that we want in our food, and for me, I choose Sriracha. And we're gonna choose, and we should choose, to follow what is right. We can face it, or we can flee from it. And the world that we live in gives you a whole lot of options to flee. What do we flee in? We flee in entertainment. Some of you have a drink or few too many. You, instead of dealing with the pain, you're gonna drink a little bit more. Maybe you take it to another level and you start to abuse some other substances in your life because it gives you an exit from the emptiness that you're feeling. Maybe we do it with relationships and friends and we build all these little codependent little circles amongst ourselves. Or, or, or we just, there's a lot of ways to hide out and just stay stuck. It is your choice. But I want to tell you, hiding isn't helping. Whatever is stopping you from facing the truth and making better decisions is actually stealing away from your in Christ potential. This is why Jesus says, I gotta get out the old thing before I can pour out the new thing. So we have to choose to change. And this is something you might not wanna hear, but most of you know this is true. The moment you choose to change, you think it's gonna get better instantly, and it doesn't, it actually gets worse. It's harder. you've been on a diet, and you got this picture on your phone, and you're like, this is what I'm going to look like. I'm on my way. I'm doing it. I'm whatever, P90X, yoga, Taibo, we're going way back. Billy Blanks and me are going to get fit. This is where I'm headed. And about 48 hours in, you're like, I need sugar. Because you have a withdrawal of the old. You work out finally, and the next thing you know, like, man, I'm gonna get fit. And the lactic acid attacks your muscles for the first time in 20 years, and you don't only really not want to go on a diet and work out anymore, you just wanna die. Because it's painful to make to make progress. So if we're choosing to change, we gotta understand it. it might get worse before it gets better. Your first few sessions in marriage counseling, and if you've never been in marriage counseling, you're the people that need it the most. The first few sessions, you're like biting your tongue, and you're about ready to lash out. Why, because you're exposing things that have been living underneath the surface for far too long. God says, I gotta get the old out before I can pour in the new, before I can bring real change. And then this is how we really change as believers. It is not willpower, it's the changing of our mind. Or I call it this way, you need new comprehension. You need a new filter for how you see the world around you. And friends, we've been given one we've been given a filter to focus our attention on. that shows us how we see the world, how we see people, and how we're called to see ourselves. In Romans chapter 12 too, you know this verse, you've been in church at all. It says we're changed where? On outside no, we're changed within by a new way of thinking, by thinking a new way. For lasting change, it has to be changing the way that you think because you don't just forgive once and you're a person of forgiveness. You understand you're called to constantly forgive because you've been forgiven of everything. Then you start being a person of grace to other people. You don't just give once and you're a generous spirit. No, it is a development of changing the way that you think, that everything you have is a gift from God anyway. And when he calls you to walk and sacrifice or surrender, it's what you do because that's who you are because you think differently. You don't just pray once and have intimacy with God, it's a system that you build in your life that helps you know God's voice because it doesn't just happen once, it happens when changing the way that you think. Jesus says in John eight, when you know the truth, the truth will liberate you. It actually sets you free. Jeremiah 17 verse nine, it says, the heart is deceitful above all things. If you're just going with your feelings, If you're just going with how you used to filter, it's gonna lie to you. It's beyond cure. Who can understand it? What we don't often read is verse 10. God answers, I'll look into it. God says, I'll look into that thing. God responds with the fact that like, let me investigate your heart and I'll change it for you. So every time I'm digging into the word of God as a disciple on the daily, It is investigating, I'm not getting knowledge, I'm changing the way that I think, why? Because I'm seeing myself through the lens of the finished work of the cross, of the cost it takes to become a disciple, and the calling on my life to make a difference in the world around me. It acts as a mirror and it shows you the potential that you have as a follower of Jesus Christ. We see in the scripture, Old Testament and New, when God has an encounter with someone, often he changes their name. It gives them new identity. It goes from Abram to Abraham. It goes from Saul to Paul. It goes from Jacob to, to Israel. Even Peter, he just changes a little uh, focus on the word, and he goes from pebble to, calls him a solid rock. Why? It gives him new identity. And when we get into the word, we see that we are not from our family of origin. We're not what society labels us. We can be everything that God has called us to be if we'll choose to change the way that we think. We need new, we need co- new comprehension. And listen, some of you, I just wanna tell you this, day: Who you used to be is not who you're becoming. Because who you're called to be is so much better than what you currently see. God is trying to make it uncomfortable with what you've been living in and allowing in your life up to this point. He is disrupting the nest so you can fly to new heights. And your reputation is up for renewal. It is not what society claims about you. It is not what your family said about you. It's not even what you've believed about you up to this point. When you begin to make this the true north compass of your life, you begin to see that your potential is all the way up to Christ. It changes you. And as we begin to change the way we see ourselves, the way that we see the world, and the expectations of heaven on our daily life, we start to actually make change by changing our conduct. See, often we wanna change our conduct and our behavior before we change our mindset. And if we're doing that, then we're gonna live according to our own willpower, not God's supernatural grace power. But when we actually begin to change the way that we think, it actually changes the way that we live. It moves from your mind to your daily moves, how you actually operate in the world around you. Jesus' brother James said so, so famously that faith, and I love this translation, not accompanied by, action is dead. In other words, they're working together. Faith with works. Faith with action. It needs to keep company with obedience. Truth works with obedience and creates a living, vibrant faith. It's will I actually apply what I know? The Bible says, will I actually change? Will I actually have repentance or change in direction in my life? It's not feeling sad about a sin. Okay, and the conviction of the Holy Spirit might say, oh, it might feel like a weight falls, but then you learn to put it on the shoulders of the one who's already paid for that sin. Repentance is taking steps forward. It's actually moving and changing because it's a whole lot easier to cry about your problems than it is to actually change. So we go from thoughts, our knowing, and comprehension to actions, behavior, and doing, our conduct, And the truth is, listen, everybody in the room knows more than they do. I say that as lovingly as I can, and I know that's direct. Present company included. God is still at work with us. Why? I don't look like Jesus yet in every area of my life. That's what I'm climbing towards. That's what I'm aiming towards. That's what I'm headed towards. That's why I'm I'm trying to change my mindset and my mentality. So my conduct and my behavior changes. But I am not there yet and neither are you. But every single one of us is headed there. And when we're on our way there, we are getting out the old so we can be that new wine, new anointing, new portion that he wants to pour out. That our old self does not have the capacity to hold. Because it's something new and expansive that God wants to give. And so we go from conduct and you can't just do it once, we have to then go to commitment. It is a commitment. Show me something you do once and I'll celebrate that with you. But show me something you're doing over and over again and that's your identity. That's who I've actually become. I am no longer my yesterday. I'm not perfect by any means, but he is perfecting that which concerns me. Commitment to continue. Because your character is never going to complete as long as you're here walking on the earth. It's until Jesus' is return, or until you meet him face to face, you'll never be finished changing because you haven't achieved everything yet. So therefore, believer who's been falling for 20 years, there is more for you. Do not try to hold it with yesterday's hands. Do not try to hold it in yesterday's vessel. Give him something new to pour into. Ephesians 4 says, so that we throw off our old evil nature. The one that was in partnership with your old evil ways. It's rotten through and through. It's full of lust and shame. Now your attitudes, this is the key, and thoughts must be constantly changing. In other words, I'm never fully there. Constantly changing for the better. Yes, the new you, the different you, the different person, holy and good. You clothe yourself. In this, in this new nature. You know what the Bible calls this, or I'm sorry, theologians call this sanctification. This is the goal of the disciple, is that as our minds are changed in repentance, we're making progress to look more like Jesus to the people that are around us, and he is sanctifying our life. We're going deeper and deeper and deeper as disciples. By knowing more, not at all by looking more like Jesus. And I like what our church looks like now. I like what God is doing. I can tell you story after story of the people that are sitting next to you that have seen growth, they've seen maturity, they've seen the faithfulness of God, they've seen the grace of God at work. They are not who they used to be, but not a single one of us listening, a single one of us in this room have arrived yet at the finish line. This is why just as soon as we celebrate the new thing he does, we need to be asking the Holy Spirit to investigate, this isn't it, God. I think that I'm no longer gonna hold on to this as this is my one season of blessing, my one portion of progress. I'm gonna go put this on the shelf and get a new container out because I know you're not done pouring out your best. I'm going to keep maturing in Christ. And I know this could feel sometimes like it's overwhelming or maybe you feel like your own soul is in crisis. But this is where you find the comfort of God. The comfort of God that gradually shifts and changes you until you fulfill the purpose of God on your life. Isaiah 42, it says, God will encourage the faint hearted. In other words, don't give up even when you haven't seen it yet. Those tempted to despair, that is not what you need. God will show up to encourage you. Why? Because you are graced to grow. And Jonah, Jonah has this, this opportunity to go to Nineveh, this calling in Nineveh, and he's like, man, he actually has a problem with those people. Like, God, you want me to go bring your goodness to people I don't like? I mean, that is a high cost of calling right there. Like, all of us, we want to share Jesus with the people around us that we love, but how, how about when we have to live for Jesus around people that we don't want to associate with, we don't like? Maybe they did something wrong to us. Jonah, instead of going to the place of obedience, he goes instead to Tarsus. This is what many of us do. We are not going to the place we're called to go and we ain't where we used to be. But then in the moment, God will actually send a change, in this case, a whale or a great fish. He might send a crisis into our life so that we can have an opportunity to get on the path where he's actually maturing us and pouring out through the fullness of our our new capacity. Jonah says, when I had lost all hope, what, I turned my thoughts once more to the Lord. For you, if you've not said yes to following Jesus in a new way, I'm speaking to the mature believers in the room. There is more that he wants to pour out and it will not look like yesterday. There's more that he's pouring out in our nation right now. It's pouring out in Gen Z in a beautiful way. And I know it's a handful of colleges The whole world is looking. Our nation's media is looking. It's like, who are these kids that are just crying out to God over and over and over again? You might have your qualms with Jim Z. Join the club. But God's doing something new. Well, it's not like the revival uh, I heard about back then or I experienced in the 70s. So what? It's It's a new thing. So let's never get so comfortable with what we feel like we have control of that we're not willing for God to give us a a new portion, new wineskin to pour out into the fullness. So what do we do? We invite, the let the concerns, tune into the concerns of your spirit. Don't dismiss them. Listen to them. God, what are you trying to say to me? I don't wanna be so busy in building my agenda in my life that I miss the still small voice that's calling me to make change in my inside world. Pride will do that to you more than anything else. It will start you to focus on everyone else's problems and never give you an opportunity to pause and to hear what is heaven asking of your own heart. What is God, what, what, what is the concern? Maybe what is even a concern to me? God, when I open this up, what's a concern do you have? What is something I'm hiding and holding on to? that you're wanting to get to work. Before it becomes a crisis, I'm gonna listen to the concerns. I'm gonna listen to your voice. And then I'm gonna change my way of thinking. I'm not gonna go with what I thought I knew. I'm gonna go with what you tell me to do. I am applying God's word to my life. And it's not just a scripture I can quote to somebody and act like I've got it all together. It is the way I'm building my inside world because it's changing the way that I think. I'm renewing my mind by the word of God. My identity is not in what people think about me, it's what God has said about me. And I'm establishing my new mindset, which then I'm gonna start changing by actually activating my conduct begins to be transformed to the world around me. That's why the whole Bible says in 2 Timothy, the whole Bible is useful to teach us, to show us what is true and to realize what is wrong. It's red light, green light for God's call on your life. It straightens us out and helps us do what is right. And as a church, I believe this. It's an outpouring about ready to happen. I cannot force it, and I don't even know what it fully looks like. I just know before it even begins, God, I'm saying, do the work now. I don't wanna miss it. I don't wanna miss it in our city. I don't wanna miss it in our church. I don't want you to miss your life. I don't wanna miss it in my I wanna listen, every concern that you've got, God, I want, I want you to, to, to change it now. I'm going to choose to do it, and I'm gonna continue in it even when it's uncomfortable. Because I know there's something new to stay in this stretch for. There's something new he wants to stretch your life into. I don't know what the blessing you have right now, and I hope it's awesome. I hope it's significant. I hope it's rewarding the relationships, the the peace, the joy, the promotion, the resource. I hope a season is, is special right now. But I promise you, listen, it's nothing to where he has next. Quit settling and living according to yesterday's momentum. There is something new he wants to do. He's about ready to pour it out. Wine represents the Sacrifice of Jesus represents the divine DNA that we have. We always talk about that at communion, that we're, we've been bought with a price. And there's a, there's a transfer of our old self to our new self. We're now sons and daughters. It also, it also represents anointing. The Bible says the anointing destroys the yoke. The heaviness of life that you've been feeling where life has been so hard he's actually want to do some heart work and the hard work of the heart on you right now so that you have the new skin the new container the new vessel for him to pour out a new anointing where everything that used to be hard becomes easy and then be a new level of maturity that he's going to ask of you but he wants to pour out new favor and fulfillment growing your faith not just for yourself but for the dying world around us that so desperately needs which you and I already have he wants to pour out new anointing and guess what he wants to pour out new victory on your life I'm declaring a day of the outpouring of God's favor and blessing on your life and on your marriage and on your kids and on our church and on our city in the name of Jesus why don't you stand to your feet I want to pray for you well when is it going to work it's working We sing that song, even when I don't see it, I trust you're working. Well, God, I'm obeying. God, I'm following. I'm leaning in. I know I'm not perfect, but I'm doing more than I've ever done. He's working. It says we can be confident in this. We can bet on this. That he who began this good work, he who began this change... He who could be in this stretch, this capacity change, will carry it to fullness, to completion, to it is finished in your life. And Jesus, it's a long day until his return, and someday we see him, but he is, we can be confident that he finishes what he started. And I believe some old seasons are finished in your life, a new capacity, a new outpouring, a new anointing and a new favor are coming to find you if you're willing to make some change. Father God, I thank you for every heart in this room, every life. Lord, let us never limit what you can do by looking through the lens of yesterday. We thank you for your faithfulness in seasons up to this, but we don't hold tightly yesterday's vessel. We are the clay back on the potter's wheel. Whatever you wanna do that's new, God, have your way. Lord every concern of our heart or crisis we might find in ourselves we turn to your truth that shows us direction, correction and destiny and we will stay faithful on the course until that season's completed and a new one begins so Lord our hearts are open and ready forgive us of ever limiting our unlimitedless God Lord, I thank you we are open for the new thing you're wanting to pour out. Would you pour it out in us? Let revival start in me. Let revival start in us. Let it shake in our church. Let it pour out to our streets. Let it pour out in our relationship. Let it pour out the portion that you prepared for other people in the world around us. Let it flow through our church to our city. So much that we have not enough room to contain. So God, we believe. The new thing is on the horizon. And so the now decision we make is to get out of the old and open up our hands and open up our hearts and open up our minds for a new filling of your Holy Spirit, a new pouring of fresh wine and new things. And God, I thank you. You can take as long as you want, but we know you're going to complete it as far as it concerns us. Go to work in all of our hearts, in all of our lives. Stay in this moment of prayer. We you bow your heads and close your eyes, if you're here and you've never given your heart to Jesus, the new thing Jesus was talking about was a new covenant. Not based upon your actions and obedience, but based upon the finality of His action and obedience on the cross. And now you can receive salvation. I know not all the change and growth happens in a moment, but this one miracle does the miracle of a set-free life, the miracle of salvation. It happens in a moment of faith, in a moment of confession. Salvation comes to you. If you are here, if you're watching, and you've never given your heart to Jesus, there's a miracle for you. In your old sinful ways and all of its shame and sin, buried at the foot of the cross, and you get raised to new life in Christ, a new you, a new beginning, Maybe you've said yes to Jesus and you've gone your own way. You know you've got to get things right. This is your moment. No one looking around. We're going to pray together as one big family of faith. If that's you and you need a fresh new start with Jesus, you just lift up your hand. No one's looking, just me. I see you, dear. Right in the front row. I see you in the back. I see three of you, four of you, five of you. It's awesome. Beautiful. Maybe that's you online. Let us know. I see you over there. It's great. You Put your hands down. Beautiful. I see a couple getting right with Jesus it's so exciting we can lift up our heads and eyes and we can pray this prayer with a huge smile on our face because maybe not everything is finished in our life but this one thing is your yesterday is gone and the new is beginning can we pray together come on join with me say this with me dear God I believe you love me you're for me but I was far from you But everything changed when you sent Jesus. His obedience on the cross has secured my salvation. I repent from my old ways. I'm going after you. My sin and shame is buried and my new life has begun. Do a new thing in me. My heart is open, my mind being renewed. My heart is ready to receive the fullness of your Holy Spirit. Pour it out in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, can we celebrate everyone who prayed that prayer? I love you, church.